What's going on, friends? Welcome to Random Number 105, Roomies and Movies Number 105. Today, we're going to be talking the weeklies of Swamp Thing, Titans, Doom Patrol, and Good Omens. You know the regulars. Um, for the best and worst list, we got Goodfellas and Going Overboard. Uh, theatrically, we saw Shaft in Men in Black International, as well as uh, the first episode of Euphoria. And too old to die young. Um, what a strange week it's gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> it's very eclectic. Uh, you got any uh, news you want to hit up before that? We dive in. Nope, nope. My brain's fried. All right, let's start talking what weeklies then. Um, how would you feel? Any one of them in particular stand out to you that you want to start talking about? Uh, Doom Patrol was really, really, really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it fucking was. <laughs> it's, Doom Patrol is the strangest of the three for sure. Um, it's none of the characters I really know, like, slightly know Cyborg, but all the other ones are such wild cards in my imagination. Um, it's such a ridiculous story. Like, it feels so much like... Uh, everything that's happening is because comics, quote-unquote. Um, yeah. And it feels so realistic to that. But at the same time, like, you can't really grasp what's happening because it's so outlandish, I guess. Um, I can see that. It's just so weird. Yeah. I, I think I started last week on episode two of Doom Patrol just completely complacent and just wasn't thinking I was going to dig this show at all. And, like, every episode, these characters grow on me more and more. And I'm like, mm, maybe I should read some Doom Patrol. Fuck yeah, you should read some Doom Patrol. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's weird. I mean, in this episode, you have, you know, there's a, a road trip to fucking South America and Nazi <laughs> puppets. And I love the best uh, part of it for me was let's drive all the way to... Uh, Paraguay. Is it Paraguay, right? I thought it was Venezuela, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. In saying that, I was thinking it was Portugal, and I was like, "What? do they have the foggiest idea how they're never going to get to... And then, uh, no, Paraguay makes more sense, but we're even Venezuela. Um, I guess they could just go through Central America. But, uh... Um, yeah. We, uh... Let's start yeah, there's, trip. uh... There's a, a, a Nazi puppet show that takes up a good chunk <laughs> in the middle. Um, which, oh my god, that's so great when they're all sitting there and they're like, whatever. And then all of a sudden the Nazi puppets come out and they're like, hey, are you guys fucking seeing this? Uh, because this is all happening in Fuktopia. Uh, <laughs> did you say Fucktopia? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I absolutely did. Like, Oh, this show's so just strange and weird for its own sake, and I love it. Like, um, we also get a uh, a counterpoint. It almost feels like to uh, you know all the Marvel Netflix shows always had a hallway fight, and you get one in this where Cliff just fucking murders everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Um, it's really weird because like we spent half the episode not doing anything really. And, like, 
the back end of this episode is just complete carnage. Um, you get Silvertongue coming out again. Uh, who's the guy with the bandages? Uh, Larry, also uh, known as Negative Man. Negative Man. Um, yeah, we get to learn more about uh, Tudic. I can't think of his. Well, who's that guy then? Uh, that's, uh, Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody. Okay. And a really fucking weird-ass creature at the end of the whole thing. <laughs> Come on. Lost Raptor head. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know anybody that wouldn't go for that with even a celery hand. <laughs> I love how he was just like, fuck yeah, I got a dinosaur head. Let's do this. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Um, oh. if, you're, if you're sleeping on Doom Patrol, you are fucking up. Yeah, it's just it's it lit, this episode had one of my favorite jokes of the like whole week too, <laughs> when they're fucking driving and uh, Rita's driving and she's going so slow and then fucking Crazy Jane's like I'm gonna kill myself and everyone's like haha and she's just going out the window because like oh fuck she's doing it. <laughs> oh god. Put these guys in the bus every week. Oh, it's so good. Um, that, that, that said, um, did you see what next week's Titans is? Uh, no, I did not. It's a Doom Patrol crossover. Oh, shit, yeah. I'm all about it then. Um, <laughs> because cause that would have taken place before the uh, series kicked off, right? Yeah, I think it was kind of like a backdoor pilot kind of thing to say, like, hey, we're doing these guys. Cool. Fuck yeah. Um, so yeah, Doom Patrol kicks ass uh, again. Um, you get Nazi puppets, and it's worth it. So check that out. Um, going from there to Titans, what a fucking whirlwind that was. I had not seen this episode. Apparently, I had only seen the first two. So this was new to me. I have no... This show is just too fucking weird for me. <laughs> After saying you love Doom Patrol and how weird it is, you're like, Titans is too fucking weird. See, I don't have any expectations of those characters. I know, well, I mean, they bring Batman into the fold, and it's just kind of the architect, architectural that we've seen before. So then Robin just fucking off. I, I don't know. I guess I liked him in... Uh, what was it, Batman Forever better when he had rebelled like this? When he was doing, like, gymnastics to get into the Batcave? Yeah. And then he fucking, like, neon motorcycle raced? That, yeah. that Robin? Yeah, then he took, you know, out, like, took the Batmobile out and fucking Offspring was playing? Yeah. Was well, better. he kind of did that in this episode. Yeah. I think it, it wasn't was the Batmobile. <laughs> it, was, it was a car. But Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't understand how they're playing raven off uh it's just really weird um also starfire finding her and not knowing who the hell she is like it's just like it's bonkers that how they're trying to play raven and then they find the the um storage locker full of all this contextual raven stuff yeah. Well, the Raven stuff makes the most sense to me, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. You know, she, in terms of, like, the backstory of that character and what they're doing, it's, you know, excuse me, her father is a literal demon, and they're 
she he's always tried to use her to get out of hell to come rule the world and that's kind of the story they're telling here that makes oh, sense oh see i had no context of that so that uh, yeah okay that makes some more sense fuck yeah her dad's the demon trigun son huh i'll be damned um and i'm guessing uh, they're employing the family uh the one dad that gets blown to smithereens yeah i'm assuming that's uh you know there was also like the like cult of Trigun and there was Brother Blood who led it and stuff and all these people are trying to bring upon the apocalypse. So I'm assuming that's what like that rich guy who employs the family is. I believe I watched Good Omens before this and I was just like, they're definitely taking Raven to a, a cult of Satan worshippers, aren't they? And like, <laughs> ugh, it was so weird. Um, I'd never put any mirrors around her ever. Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> Um, well, I think the weirdest thing is like that we're three episodes in, and at this point, Beast Boy is showing up for like two scenes, be like, "Hey, I'm Beast Boy, but I'm not in this show yet." <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Starfire and Robin are a couple, and Beast Boy and R- Raven usually are, right? Uh, I don't know about Beast Boy and Raven, but yes, Nightwing and Starfire had a thing. Okay, and then he. He also had a thing with Barbara, Batgirl. So it, from a comic standpoint, it's like, well, who do you like better? Uh, but uh, uh, any kind of flips and flops, you shoot him a lot. But yes, him and Corey had a thing in the Wolfman Teen Titans run. So is her name actually Corey? And like, she's just referred to as Starfire? Yes, her name is Coriander. Okay. Like this Princess Coriander this, from whatever planet she's from. This whole, like... I feel like everything's building to something and like it's going to be useful information or whatever, but it just feels like a, a smorgasbord of here's completely unrelated facts all together and they're going to come together somehow down the road. Um, hopefully. I mean, it, it is weird. I, I like that uh, it got a little slower in this episode and we saw like how Dick was trying to rebel when he lost his family. So if I liked that, um, but then it's so weird when, like, Starfire just rolls in and, like, fucking just melts that guy. Yeah. It's fucking... Uh, and then in the diner, she just fucking picks a fight with three random hicks. Yeah, but she punches that guy with a fork, and it's awesome. <laughs> that was a fucking dope-ass scene. Um, I also... I just love the character of Corey. Like, I think her colors accentuate the show so much better. Um, her, like ultra blue uh dress and her fucking magenta hair that lights up when she turns it on and shit it's like in this very dark and depressing show like i get excited to see her in any scenes for the fact that there's a little lively color amongst the group and that's something that i like i i'm hoping the show leans into you know you get some of that from her um like hawk and dove had like outlandish kind of comic-y costumes and coloring. It's like, I kind of hope they lean further into that stuff mm-hmm. than trying to make this realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really the way that the show would quote, pun intended shine for, for real sake. And um, even with Beast Boy showing up and then really giving him bright ass green hair, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to go forward forward, but still like still so confused on how they're playing everything off of 
at all. <laughs> yeah, there's I'm, the like you just see the potential of what yeah. we could get out of this. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing this first season is kind of dealing with just Raven coming into her own. Um, I would imagine. All I know is uh, season two should be out by the end of the year because they've been filming or done filming or whatever. And apparently Batman's in it. So that's a thing. Is it a weird-ass Batman that, like, kind of the C- CW did with Superman? Like, it's just a weird character to live the spot? I think it's going to be, quote-unquote, like, a real Batman. But, like, do you know who's playing him? Uh, no. No idea. Uh, Sir Jorah from Game of Thrones. They're going with an old-ass Batman. Huh. I'll be damned. Well, that's interesting. I guess he doesn't have anything, any obligations right now, so. Uh, um, he's like, I didn't get to fuck that dragon queen, so I guess I'm going <laughs> to go meet up some bad guys. Uh, so, yeah, I suppose that'll be interesting to see. Um, also, uh, I don't know. I'm just nitpicking, but, like, why would you almost yell pretty much? Them, them having a private conversation in this empty-ass mansion that just carries the echoes everywhere, like, it seems like yeah, they'd be I mean, smarter than that. <laughs> the the off screen Alfred might as well have been like, "Well, you're Batman, so should you really be raising a child because you're Batman?" Uh, yeah, I felt that too. Um, so going from there to Swamp Thing, how'd you feel about that this week? Uh, not as abrasive as you were. Like you were all fucking hopped up on this episode, right? <laughs> Me being like, "All these dudes just want to fuck." What is this show? Uh, I think it's it's mostly um, the uh, Florescence man um, and his wife. I think since that's so fresh from the passage, like that whole dynamic. Um, and I love how literally, gonna... literally, you texted me and you're like, this show is fucking, I can't deal with it. Everyone wants to fuck like this guy and his dying wife. I was like, a guy wanting to fuck his wife and thirsty to you? What the hell going on? Listen, that, that, I was just throwing that one in because I was just upset at the other two. But, like, that whole dynamic, just, I'm, like, I just want to see Swamp Thing just going around kicking ass. And, like, he's just pining outside of VAR because regular people are dancing and he he's not regular anymore. Well, no, he's a big, giant fucking awesome piece of fucking moth, s- s- smashing shit guy it's great he smashes he smashes some shit he did he kind of didn't actually he he jumped out bug guy it was like listen swamp i guess i control you now and let him go yeah but he bursted that fucking floor real good yeah he did fuck yeah he did um he's like don't you fucking touch my woman i might be a big fucking swamp creature but that's my woman uh you get the red eye glare get the hell out of here so. Yeah, the Swamp Thing design is so good, though. Like, yeah. he looks so Yeah, good. it is. Like, that, for that first season, or the first episode, I was very apprehensive. Second one was like, all right, I I think they're... And, like, he burst through the floor. I was like, yeah, that's Swamp Thing. Let's fucking do this. So. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it seems like they've cured the disease. So we've gotten past that already. So maybe we're just going to get weird Swamp stuff from now on. Fucking, I hope so. I will, let's turn on all the fucking jets and let's let's bring some fucking mutated creatures in. Let's do this. Let's uh, do this we also get some like uh, weird 
fortune telling going on with the video store owner who is Blue Devil, which is a <laughs> character. So. Uh, does he just wear a suit from the movie? Uh, in the the original <laughs> Blue Devil, yes. The second one was uh, uh, Kid Devil was huh. literally like a sidekick who became an actual demon devil. Nice. But uh, yeah, um, it's weird. I don't know. I like the show, but I'm not quite sure we're going to have a cohesive whole out of it. The, so the Swamp Thing's like bad guys, like there's no inherently good force in this area. It's just all bad guys kicking shit out of, or Swamp Thing kicking the shit out of all these awful people. Uh, it depends on who's writing them and what they're trying to say and do. Um, you know, there was, like a like guy said, I was surprised that they hadn't introduced Arcane yet. Anton Arcane, Abby's uncle, who was like the main bad guy in Swamp Thing lore. But I'm wondering if they're going to transfer that onto the like stepfather who took her in kind of thing. The one who beats that guy to death with a golf club later on. It's true. Why sure. are you just like, how dare you come in to my house? Now I gotta fucking kill you. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think it's interesting. Uh enough enough to get me hooked. I wanna see more swamp things, so. Yeah, hopefully there'll be more. Um hopefully there's you know, there was some cool little creepy stuff like the bugs bringing that guy's body back together, controlling it was kinda creepy and weird. It was, but also it, like I have no idea how she wouldn't hear that shit like chittering and like cohesing. It's like well, it's also no a fucking, fucking small man. They're yeah. fucking just bugs everywhere. It's fair. It's fair. Think of how loud it is here when like the cicadas are out. And mm. I would just imagine that all over, <laughs> all the fucking time, just drowning everything. Yeah, just I guess nonstop. <laughs> so yeah, it's awesome. Uh. Moving on to Good Omens. Have you watched through the series? No, Hannah did. Okay. I saw they were watched through and I was like, that son of a bitch. He either fell asleep or lied to me. No, no. She <laughs> like, like she came out and she's like, oh, this came-. I was like watching the second episode. She's like, it came out. And I was like, yeah. And then like the next day she's like, I watched it all. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> uh, so episode three, how'd you like it? We get another... Um, uh, of the four horsemen with famine. Yep. And he's selling processed fake food down in Iowa. So that's down a thing. <laughs> um, it's weird that I'm like, I said this show works when it focuses on Aziraphale and Crowley. And I think it does. But then I also was like, we spent like the first half of this episode with them for really no reason. We didn't really need any of that stuff. No way. It was you know, so much fun. And I liked it. And then halfway I, through the episode, a half hour into it, we finally get the credits. <laughs> um, the at this point, I just want them to fuck and run off together. I'd be all right with that. Um, that look on fucking Aziraphale's face when Crawley's like, let's run away together. And you can see he wants to. And then he's like, no, I have obligations to heaven. And Crowley walks away from him. Yeah, I was yeah. like, just, just make out. Just do it. <laughs> We went off book on this one, and we're just like, to hell with it. It's worth it. <laughs> um, no, it's really interesting, because now we're halfway through this season, and, like, 
they're ramping up promotion for this across everywhere. Like, even when I'm going to the theater, ten minutes before they've had like five minute uh, trailer promoting it, and it was like, well, I've seen half of this stuff now, so it's interesting <laughs> where all this other well, stuff that's... is coming into play. So that's just. Because you 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 go to an old theater in a small town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like those Good Omen trailers were playing like six months ago here, and That's I true. haven't seen one forever. Right on. Uh, but yeah, I'm really interested to see where it's going. Uh, like you said, it the stuff with uh, the Demon and Angel is the best stuff, and like other everything else is kind of filler, working towards the end. So um, halfway, it's it's surprising how many details we have of everything that's happening and I'm guessing the next three are going to be pretty packed with robust action and shit so I mean we still have two of the horsemen to awaken I guess yep and we're what one day away from the apocalypse right now yeah but I don't know is it it seems like the the day timeline is kind of loose like it feels like it's three or four days equals a day so I don't know well, who knows but the witch, witch finder stuff's weird um, probably just fucking conning both of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, um, yeah I'm, I'm I'm loving it like for being three episodes in like it's so much fun just seeing uh, mainly Crowley and uh, as I fail to just chew up the scenery and shit. Yeah, it's the best, but especially I completely forgot about the flaming sword and like they brought it up. And he's like, I don't, I must have dropped it somewhere. I was like, oh, that's where that ran off to. Nice. So yeah, and I like the little digs on like you know the Old Testament. God, you know, the, the you know, when Crowley's like, he's gonna fucking kill the kids. You can't kill kids. Even we <laughs> wouldn't do that. Oh, well, Unicorn's getting away. Uh, you still got one. <laughs> Good stuff. So, uh, yeah, check out Good Omens, because it's awesome. Um, let's jump from there, and let's discuss Euphoria, I suppose. <laughs> That's what I say about Euphoria. That's what I figured you would be. And I'm and I know you. You're gonna be like, I love Zendaya so much that I'm all in. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I'm weirded out by this first episode. Uh, I think it does a good portrayal of the addictive. Okay, so we watched Glitter last week, and it feels like it took that and just put everything to ridiculousness. That's not true at all. Because Dice is far more ridiculous than anything in this. <laughs> All right, if you take dice out, um, everything jacked up to extreme amounts. That's my problem with the show. I don't feel they want to tell any, like, interesting or nuanced story. This feels like they just want to shock. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, we could tell an interesting story about this uh, young trans person and them trying to figure themselves out and what's happening. And instead, just like watch him get fucked by this closeted old gay dude and then cut himself at a party you know did it's you, just like did you watch the uh like the after show like the five minutes or whatever when they were talking no okay uh yeah it literally it seems like it's very much just going to be him telling his story from his high school years 
And it was really weird to like, because it's the writer and Zendaya. And I thought this vehicle, this was a vehicle like Zendaya wrote it, whatever. It was like pushing it and whatever. It's like, no, she's just like the main figurehead that they're using to promote this series. And like, she's never yeah, done. I mean... And like, they're talking to her and she's like, I've never done drugs or anything. And like, and he's like, wow, that's really interesting because you portrayed it really well. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and that's, and here's... that's what weirded me out on the show even more is just because, like, there is no substance necessarily to this. And for this being yes. an HBO show, it's just that doesn't make sense to me, I suppose. Yes. Again, it just feels like let's let's be shocking and ooh. Kids are crazy. They like to do drugs and have sex. And it's like, hey, one, you're about fucking 15 years late to the party. Because, like, yeah. I remember when Skins was doing this and was supposedly scandalous in the UK, you know, and fucking. And this itself is based on an Israeli TV show. Oh, no idea. Yeah, it's like uh, it was an Israeli show called Euphoria. And, like, it's just an adaptation kind of that for American audiences. But. I don't know. It feels weird, and most of it just seems exploitative and kind of gross. Yeah, yeah. I'm there with you. It's just, I don't know. But I, I'm also intrigued to at least see the second episode. But I think that's probably where I'll jump off, just because it doesn't seem like this story has anything to add to the any of the narrative out there already. Um, yeah. It just kind of seems like it, they missed the mark with this first episode. Like, they could have went a little further with a few things, and it's just, like, kind of pulled back short. It's like, it just seems like the MO of an HBO show anymore, where it's like, they used to do something cool, and now it's just like, they're just cashing in for what they can. Oh, they did just make a Deadwood movie, so I'm not sure. Uh, listen, we don't speak ill of Deadwood in this household. Uh, speaking of that, I fucking loved this first episode of Too Old to Die Young because it felt very much a modern day Deadwood. Wow, that is a take on it, I suppose. <laughs> How do you feel about this first episode? Um,. I went in watching it, going like, okay, um, Ed Brubaker, you know, fantastic comic writer, did this and co-wrote it with Refn. Maybe he's going to give us something. It's not going to be just, like, this hollow thing to look at, but really it's just fucking not saying anything and just hiding everything in symbology that is kind of just all bullshit, like most of Refn's movies. No, Brubaker didn't help out. It just feels like another <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I have that, that Deadwood take, but like it started out and it felt very much like uh, Crash from the early 2000s, starting out where they have the abusive cop and like tease the errors of his ways, but like, yeah, it doesn't say much, but there are things in the works that have me interested in the show. Sure. I'm like, I'm but it does look gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty! Like that's the thing is like Refn makes beautiful fucking things. Like but it, just that opening only, scene. It's not only gorgeous, but like the sound cues and shit. Like I was like, fuck. 
it's yeah. really got me for that. So do you understand? Like, there's that opening scene where, like, like you know, uh, the Hayley's character is watching across the street, and it just follows light as it shimmers down the hood of his car, and I was like, oh, it's so fucking good. And I was yeah. like, now I have to spend 25 <laughs> minutes watching Miles Teller meet his high school girlfriend. What the fuck? Also, a fucking um, one of the Baldwins out of nowhere. Yeah, just super coked <laughs> up. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm interested to see if this show does anything, but I'm along for the ride because the gorgeousness and fucking music cues. Yeah, it's so what I feel like. And like, are each one of these going to be an hour and a half, or was that just the pilot? No, I checked all except over an hour. Damn. Some are like hours, some like hour twenty. I said episode like thirty minutes. Interesting. That's doing that bullshit where he comes up like, I'd be a thirteen hour movie and you can watch it in whatever order you No, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh so what other stuff is Refin did? Because like you mentioned his name and I was like, I don't know what the hell. The main one that everyone knows is he did drive. Okay. Ryan which I love the movie. His one movie that, that works. Um but he also did uh only got uh, Neon Demon, Valhalla Rising, the trilogy. Uh, yeah, I think I've only seen uh, Drive and Place Beyond the Bot. Did he do the Place Beyond the Bot? No, no, that's, that's somebody him. else. Um, yeah, I guess I've only seen Drive. I've I've meant to catch a, a few of the other ones, but there, uh, I popped them all. It's do you want to was for like. Only God forgives. I was just like him and Gosling up again, and they're going to fucking like, like high underground fighting and stuff. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, "This is bullshit. This movie is <laughs> awful." And uh, no, Bre- yeah, absolutely. And then Breffin comes on, and he's just like, "So here's the story," and I was like, "That's the story." Or Journey's <laughs> like, I "Wrote the script, and this is everyone's arc." But then I want to tell it through visuals alone. I cut out all the word, you no, know, it hides all the story. And I was like, you're a fucking idiot. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, God. He's going to do something incredible. Like, I don't think Drive's going to be the one that, like, he's remembered for. Like, it'll be second on the list, but I think he's going to do something really monumental. Um, as far as I can tell, it's not going to be this show, but. I hope he capitalizes on that same thing that he nailed with Drive at some point. Yeah. So, and like I said, Rupert is so good at writing these like gritty, realistic stories that like I want him to come in another way. But yeah, when but, when his no. uh, when his credits popped up at the end of the show or this episode, I was like, oh shit, nice. So yeah, I'm interested to to keep watching. So we'll. Uh, We'll let you know how it is next week. <laughs> Do you want to burn through it or just episode by episode? I'm not watching like this. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll uh, die. <laughs> All right. So let's do worst and best. And let's talk very abrasively about goddamn going overboard. Um, the worst movie on the worst list so far? God, this is so bad. 
So Luke texted me the other day, he's like, man, I would have watched some other stuff, but I had to keep rewinding because I kept falling asleep. And I was like, man, you must have been just as as uh, worn out as I was this weekend. And I put it on last night, half hour in, fucking passed out. I was like, God damn this movie. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> that's the thing. It, it was the day you were in town and you were – you know, you were like, you want to go see a movie maybe? And I was like, I'm exhausted. You know, I'm just going to go home. And I put it on and like, I kept falling asleep in the last like 40 minutes. I'd wake up and I was like, what's, why there's a performance going on by a band? What's, and I'd rewind and be like, okay, I really did. And I fall asleep. And uh, I was like, I just must've been really tired. It's only like nine o'clock at night. And then I put on a two and a half hour fucking Bob Dylan documentary and watched it straight through absolutely <laughs> fine and raptured the whole time. I was like, no, just that movie's that bad. Oh, this movie's real bad. Uh, essentially, so here's, they... No, okay, no you we're not even going to fucking decide. Here's what I'm going to say. It doesn't make any logistical sense and that fucking really bothered me. Like, we start with... Uh, this uh, South American dictator watching the video happening and then he sends his people there and he's watching them happen. I was like, what is going on? What is this framing design device? I don't understand what we're doing. I didn't even think about that until right now. And now I'm so upset at the movie. <laughs> oh, what a fucking mess. I know you're not going to go see watch a fucking Adam Sandler movie, so I'm not worried about any ruining anybody's day with this one. Uh, but it will ruin your day if you watch this. What a fucking Oh, my mess. God. Like, at, like, it starts with him being like, this is a no-budget movie because we don't have anything, but he's still in character. I was like, why don't you just be like, I'm Adam Sandler, and this is a no-budget movie, and it's going to be shitty, so. Uh, yeah, they were just on a cruise ship that went from New Orleans, I think, to uh, fucking Cancun. Uh, with a load, or with all the beauty pageant contestants for Miss Universe that year, and like they wrote the script in like three days, uh, and like filmed it in six and had two days for reshoots, whatever. Um, apparently, this movie took eighty eighty eight hundred thousand dollars to make. Which how fuck that. where? <laughs> uh. But Jesus, what a shit of a movie. Essentially oh boils God. down to Adam Sandler is on the waitstaff, but he really wants to be a stand-up comedian and only want, only thinks the way to do it is to be the stand-up comedian of on this cruise ship. And they end up getting locked in the bathroom for half a movie. And he gets a shot, fails miserably. And like, the regular comedian isn't worth a damn whatsoever. Um, apparently, they were riffing on uh, Andrew Dice Clay for that main comedian. Uh, but yeah, just a really shitty movie. But it's just not... It's so much worse than that, because like, he's really bad at comedy. None of his jokes are funny or work, and he doesn't deserve it. But he's like, I'm a good guy. I should get it. And he's just like... Why does everyone get the ladies, but not me? I'm, he's literally an, an incel. 20 yeah. years before incel became a word. He's like, I'm a good guy. Why is everyone dating these pieces of shit? I'm a good guy. And it's like, shut up. It's awful. 
And then he saves the day with his comedy, which is still awful, but all of a sudden everyone's laughing at it for no reason. But really isn't his comedy because he got it from a dead man in his dream or some shit. <laughs> I don't fucking know. This movie is shit. It's so bad. I really don't think they'll be as bad as this one, but I guess we'll see. But this was fucking (sighs) awful. It's so bad. Like I don't know how to describe it besides it's so bad. I was also like, it's from '89, and apparently it didn't get released right away. Like he hit big in like the early '90s with Billy Madison and shit, and they're like, let's release that fucking movie and make some money. As far as I can tell, it was released. And then it got re-released once okay. he got hit big. Yeah. And apparently he hates this movie so much oh, yeah. that he refuses to list that he was even in it in his <laughs> filmography. Yeah. Uh, it's a fucking atrocious real piece. So. Um, and it, go none on. of it makes sense. Like, he breaks the fourth wall and talks to the audience, and then it's intersped with, like, fucking interviews with Miss <laughs> Universe people. And then, like I said... A dude in South America is watching it, and they're making fun of him. And I don't, I don't understand this movie at all. I feel like this is was used by reality TV. Like people wanting to make those shows, they're like, "This works so well. Like, let's do the interviews for people." And like, fuck this movie forever. So. Yeah, it's so bad. So jumping Definitely from <laughs> the worst so far. Jumping from there to Goodfellas. Which was my first time seeing it. Uh, a dope fucking movie. Yeah, it's really good. I'm surprised you've never seen Goodfellas. I think it's always been on that list of ones that I wanted to. I was surprised the whole way. Like, the twist really got me. Um, I also really enjoyed the uh, double narration from him and his wife throughout yeah. the first half of it, for the most part. Um, but yeah, everything just flowed really well. And it was very similar to other gangster movies, but very much its own thing. Well, that's because like this is the one of the prototypical gangster movies that everyone takes from, you know. Oh, yeah. Like Goodfellas is like was Goodfellas and The Godfather like top tier fucking gangster movies, and everyone just kind of takes from them, you know. This is the one that shows like the more realistic kind of how these people probably actually were violent for no reason, angry and, but also their own little family unit. And it's, it's weird. It's interesting. I like it. Um, uh, De Niro and fucking Pesci kill in this movie. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah, they do. They're like, I'm not a giant Pesci fan. I really, his uh, voice really grates on me and I don't like him, but like, yeah, he really is so fantastic in this role. Um, also, Polly, I can't think of his name, but like, this was kind of a, seems like a very big deal for him. This movie, anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ray Liotta was great as well. Um, yeah, just a stellar yeah, cast and just, a really stellar movie. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things that I I feel when I watch gang because like. Along with war movies, I'm not a huge fan of, like, gangster movies, because by the end of it, I'm kind of like, what was the point? You know, do we, is there a reason we're telling this story? Obviously, they're not trying to glorify it in any way, I don't feel. Um, You see how they may be living this 
ultra high lifestyle, but it, it, it ends up being the downfall of everyone. Yeah. And uh, so they're definitely not like trying to glamorize it, but at the point I'm like, okay, so we follow this kid's story from 13 to 40 or whatever, but what's the point? Did he learn anything or this was just the circumstances that were thrust upon him? Um, it's just the, you know, time is all in the day. Uh, tale of and also, <laughs> the, also the thing that, like, I get it because we're telling, like, this whole, you know, these people's lives and as they grow and whatever. But I was just like, you're trying to fucking tell me that fucking trifling ass 40 year old Ray Liotta has played a 21 year old at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Um, like when like his wife's narration came in the first time, she's like, I met him when he was 21. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> uh, that's how well our brain works with belief system. So. And then, but you know, there's just so much in it that's, you know, iconic. I suppose even not even having seen it, there's stuff that had to have been, you know, like through osmosis, you get, you know, oh, like... Yeah. You know, the opening line, you know, as long as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster or the, you know, I'm funny. How, how am I funny scene? And, yeah. uh, and then, oh my God, like the fucking tracking shot into the Copacabana club through the Fuck, back. Yeah. Oh, God, so Scorsese good. so good behind the camera. God damn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just a gorgeous looking movie, um, even for being. 30 years old at this point. Um, yeah, just really well done. Uh, I don't think I really kept track of the dates. I guess it, it just seemed like he was a kid and then he was the grown-up version of himself. Um, the stuff that was the prison, uh, how they were their own little block themselves that didn't mm-hmm. have to adhere to the rules and shit um, made a lot of sense. I mean, that's the that's back in the days where everybody was taking bribes and shit. So, like, it was easy to ascertain that was exactly how it was going down. So, um, and to see, like, I think this really is a brutally true story um, to the point where it gets to the end. And he's like, yep, we had that fun, but now I'm just fucking working the day job and whatnot. So. Um, well, yeah, cool he was shit. just like, I was partying and gambling so much, I was spending fucking 30 grand a weekend. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and even that's like the 70s. So that's just a fucking monumental amount of money. Um, yeah. Or, you know, like the scene where uh, they pull that heist off at JFK and, you know, they make like $6 million. And then all of a sudden, fucking Pesci and De Niro are killing everyone because they're just okay. afraid, including. Fucking Sam Jackson getting his fucking head blown off. Dude, I was like, uh, I had to pause it. I looked up the IMDb real quick. I was like, oh, fuck, Sam Jackson this movie. That's really strange because we just watched Shaft. And like two scenes later, he's completely dead. I was like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of big fucking hitters, but like De Niro, man, in this movie. Um, oh, he's so good. Like I said, like... I think the movie might belong to Pesci because, like, he's so good. But, like, De Niro fucking kills it. I loved it. Like, the freeze frames when, like, Leota was like, yeah, he's definitely going to get that guy killed. And I was like, well, I'm definitely going to die. 
Uh, <laughs> like, just so good. Like, all of it is so good. So, yeah. fuck yeah, this movie. How many movies yeah. left on the list, then? Uh, I don't know. We're in the teens somewhere. Okay. okay. Let me, hold on. Let me fucking pull it out. <laughs> um, that was, uh, that was number 17. I thought we were down a little further, like 12 or 11, but nice. No, we're getting there, but. It's it's fascinating to see where, like, these keep getting better. Um, last week was. Was it seven last week? No. But, I mean, from that and fucking Silence of the Lambs, like, they are getting increasingly better. But, like, damn. These are fucking. Ridiculously, oh, insanely week. great movies. Yeah, last week was The Matrix. Matrix, yeah. So. Yeah, no, I mean, like, for the most part, they're insanely good. Like, they're still, like, the fucking, the life is beautiful. I'm like, really? This is fucking on here? <laughs> so then what do we got next week, then? Um, next week, we have the Jack Nicholson classic, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Never seen it. Oh, you are in for a ride, my friend. Mm, fuck yeah. And then uh, the worst. What was the worst? God, what was it? Oh, <laughs> Let me find my other list because I, I can't went, remember. I went every time you mentioned the worst list. I'm like, can it be worse? So the worst, the worst list is, so this is one that uh, I have never seen, but uh, everyone knows about it. So we'll see if it's as bad as they say. Uh, we have the John Travolta film, Battlefield Earth. Nice. Uh, I think I've only got the first bit of it. Um, but I have a feeling I'm going to be all right with that movie. Just because of the sci-fi and like the designs of it. Mm, but what we'll about see. the Scientology? <laughs> uh, you're going to have to bring that to the table because I have no idea about any of that. But I'm interested to get into it with you. So fair enough. Um, jumping from there, uh, let's talk fucking theatrically. And how much did you enjoy Men in Black? Uh, not at all. Did you? So hold on. Have you ever seen two and three? Then I've seen two. I've never seen three. Okay, so I never saw two or three and watched them prior to seeing this. In case there were callbacks, whatever. None of these movies have any callbacks whatsoever. Well, no. No, <laughs> and there's like you were like I'm gonna watch these, and I was like, "Fucking don't waste your time." What are you doing? I guess I guess oh, being in charge like was put in charge in the third movie, but like that's really about it. Um, yeah, this movie is awful. It is fucking bad. It feels um, it feels like the captive state, like where they were just trying to do so much, and like nobody got any time to do anything, and. It was just a mess of everything. Well, we'll 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 get into that in half a second. Let's start with. Um, I went to it last night, um, to uh, to be able to fit in the double feature of it and Shaft. Uh, I was like, well, if I go to the fucking six o'clock of Men in Black, then I gotta wait like two hours to go see Shaft. But if I go see Shaft at this time, then I go right into Men in Black. I was like, but it's a three D showing. I was like, well, I'll suffer through it because. <laughs> I don't want to wait, fucking. So it was a 9.50 3D showing of Men in Black last night. Um, 
movie starts. I'm the only one in the theater. <laughs> uh, and a dude kind of rumbles in like right when the movie started. And I was like, okay. Uh, they, the screen is not set up correctly. Uh, if you think of like the four corners of the theater, you know, the screen should, it should be filled, right? Mm-hmm. It looked like it was letterboxed on all four sides. Mm-hmm. But I was like, and I was like, don't care. It's fine. And then, <laughs> and then the movie started playing and I was like, oh, they don't have the 3D lens on. Everything's blurry. And I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to watch it. The dude ends up getting up and like going out and he gets it. At least they put the, they put the 3D screen on. They don't actually put the magnifier on to blow the picture out. But I was like, don't care. Just, we'll just get through this. So oh the, the entire, the entire opening sequence through like London to when like uh, Tessa Thompson's character is a child <laughs> in a room, completely blurry. I was like, whatever, <laughs> we'll just do this. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, I don't think it hurt anything <laughs> because it was a fucking mess the whole way through. Um, that uh. That said, like, there was a report that came out after the movie fucking bombed this weekend of, like, producer infighting and people trying to fight the director and that uh, Hemsworth and Thompson brought on their own fucking people to write the lines of dialogue because none of the script made sense. Like, this, yeah, this movie was just a fucking mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's It was just kind of weird. Um, I know they're quality actors, but it just seemed like they didn't give a fuck about this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I know they're good, because, and I know they have chemistry, because they had chemistry in fucking Ragnarok, and their scenes in Endgame. Like, I know these two work well together, and you watch this, and you're like, ugh. Um, also, I sat there the whole movie being like, I get it, movie. Liam Neeson's the hive. Just get there. Just get to that fucking point. I get See, it. I was so confused, and I just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time I was just like, I got it. That fight, they lost, he got neuralized. Let's just get their movie. And they don't get there until the last, like, five minutes. Yeah. The rest of it's just fucking horseshit running around. Uh, come on, here's, here's, Nanji uh, as the pawn was the hi- highlight of the movie, though. <sighs> Even then, I was like, ugh. The yeah. highlight of my movie was, like, when... Uh, when they get to Marrakesh, and I was like, oh, it's Nandor from what we do in the shadows. I'd rather be watching that. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. It, it just was such a mess. And, like, even watching the second and third one, like, those are so much more cohesive. Like, even the third one's pretty great because it's got Brolin and um, Jermaine, which I think you should really go back and watch that because it was pretty fucking solid. Um, but yeah, this one's the best. Um, all I'll say is when you have a movie that is semi-predicated on the idea that there's a mole within an organization, you, you don't call one character high T as in high treason, traitorous, (laughs) kind of fucking on the nose. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Uh, Yeah. And, like, I'll say about the second and third one, like, they had uh, different creatures, and, like, they were very thinly spread out. And, like, that made it work well. 
and you get to this movie and like they're jam packed from fucking wall to wall and you don't really get a time to see any of the the creature designs whatever and then they go to a rave and it's like 98% all human just different like makeup and shit it's like just disappointing well I mean all you really need to do is go watch the first one because it has fucking Vincent D'Onofrio playing a cockroach man and it's amazing I'm telling you you're gonna want to watch the third one for Jermaine as the bug or as the animal (laughs) I don't know (laughs) he's pretty good but yeah skip this one it's a mess it's really bad. It like, ugh, that's my word for it. Ugh. Which is it's so ridiculous because they have such high caliber actors and like this should work feasibly. But my god, I hope the MIB franchise dies now. <laughs> yeah, it's. Ugh. I I was never like a fan, but I was a fan of the cast, and even then, I'm like, nope, we're good, just yeah. no more. And even at the end of the movie, they're like. Well, we gotta separate these characters. You can't be together anymore. I was like, Do you guys know that this was gonna flop and you didn't want to set up a sequel? Is that what we're doing? Uh oh, obviously you didn't see the third one. Uh, you didn't know that Agent O and Agent K, which Tommy Lee Jones were a thing and mm-hmm. they weren't able to be a thing, so Ooh. <laughs> So yeah. Uh skip that one, but definitely go see Shaft because it's fucking awesome. It's really bad, too. Oh, you're ridiculous. No, I'm not. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are your problems with Shaft? Because I really enjoyed it. Of course you did. You're a dum-dum. Mm-hmm. We've gone over that. That's my answer. You're a dum-dum. What, how did you not like it? Um, It's not good. <laughs> like, uh, you keep saying these things and it doesn't qualify. Okay. There's only so much that you can run off the charisma of Sam Jackson. And two hours of pussy jokes is too much. Mm, Yeah, I'll give you that point. Um, Um, And also, the majority of the film seems to, like, it wants to paint Shaft as this uh, character of a bygone time, right? And instead of being, like, that he was a character out of like the black exploitation genre and see what he meant to like, as a generation uh, as like a strong black man and what he was doing, they were basically just turned him into uh, a, a right winger being like, Oh, you're too sensitive about fucking trans people and the, the, the gays. And I can say homo and you're being a little baby. Cause you won't let me say it. Like, that's not what you want to see from that character. I mean, you're bringing a lot of good points to the table uh, <laughs> that, that I wasn't thinking Plus, about. And then, by the end of the film, it basically says that all of the millennial generation is wrong and we should be more harsh like the Shaft because that's what the women want. Like, there was obviously a connection between his son and that nurse character, but nothing really happens until he starts murdering people and calling them motherfuckers and, you know, being <laughs> brash and abrasive. Um, for half this movie, I spent like, man, this is way better done than Death Wish last year, which I keep coming back to because that was just an awful remake. Um, and now all the points that you're making make a lot of sense. Um, because I mean, I mean, literally, there's a, there's a running joke where like 
they're like, you know, he's like, my friend was part of this organization organization called Brothers Watching Brothers about, you know, that's taking care of each other when that PTSD and the running joke is they should change the name because obviously they're gay with a name like that. Big, big gays. And it's like, come on. Huh. Son of a bitch. And also <laughs> the idea that the, the quote unquote like twist once you get into the third act is predicated on the idea of Islamophobia is not cool. Like, you know, they, they're like, we're vets who are running drugs in from Afghanistan for this drug dealer, but to get the cops off our trail, we're going to pin it on this uh, Middle Eastern mosque because that's who the FBI is watching for terrorist activity. Hmm. Huh. Well, damn. Uh... And then, you know, like when he's like, my friend, Kamir died, and he's like, oh, your boy was a terrorist? And they just make a bunch of terrorist jokes because he's a Middle Eastern person. He was a Muslim. Like it's, it's very kind of offensive. Yeah, I don't have any arguments against that. Like, you're hitting it on the nose. I guess I was able to turn off my brain long enough to just, oh, these are jokes. These are funnier jokes. It's whatever. But yeah, now that you about it, it's like shit. Because <laughs> like, it could be saying a lot about the idea of like men and fathers and black men and the obligation that they have versus, you know, as a minority group to take care of their children, whereas they're always seen as these deadbeat dads, you know, he made this constant decision to try and save his family. And, you know, you could do this whole idea of like the, the different generational gap of like what it meant to be black back then versus what it means to be black now. And again, it's just all like, wait, son, you don't like pussy. I guess you're not my kid. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But I do like some. I, there, there's a few things that are good at it. Like, I think Sam, like I said, Sam Jackson can only carry so much. And, yeah. But he has parts in this that are good. Um, I think the entire end part with like Richard Roundtree does not need to be in the movie at all. That like kills <laughs> any momentum we have going there. Yeah. Yeah, but I see how they wanted to. I'm surprised they didn't turn this into a two part, where they would just um, stop where like they separated again, and then like save that whole other storyline for a different movie. But like they kind of because rushed this would be flopped, and you never would have got that. You can't just yeah, fucking yeah. predicate yeah. films on sequels. That's fair. Plus, you know. It's a sequel, like, what, that original one came out in the early 2000s? Yeah. Was Sam Jackson Shaft then? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. This one kind of makes me want to see, like, the other ones, because it, it obviously is drawing from them. Um, but I think that only make it more glaringly how not in this time it is. Well, and then I guess, you know, you could also run into the point of, like, this is a comedy. And, you know, comedy plays different for other people. So maybe I'm just not the person that this comedy was for. And I get that. But, I mean, you start to think about it and and you're making reasonable points. Um, yeah, I... 
I although there, I did there laugh was a, at some part. There was <laughs> there was the point like, where he was running down his son. And it's like you get this give and take of the older generation, new generation, um, and like they're butting the heads because they're they both think they're right, and like there's some middle ground in there somewhere that needs to be discussed, but they didn't really get there. And like we also need to like. We need to retire the idea that older people don't know how to use computers because they <laughs> fucking do. Like, at this point, like, most people our parents' age use fucking computers more than we do. They just use them really badly. Like, yeah, yeah. they're the ones who are ruining the world through Facebook, you know? Yep, yep, for sure. Instead so. of him being like, Oh, I sold it. For, I stole it from a drug dealer, and I don't use it. I just have it sitting there. I have technology. Ooh, like no one fucking fuck that. <laughs> Everyone has technology now. But I think if you turn your brain off, go in expecting the Shaft movie, you're going to get that. Uh, especially when they make the Shaft joke a handful of times. Um, there are callbacks to the the original where it's the bad mother shuts your mouth. Like yeah, that. and the, it is fun. You know, it, it's your duty to please that booty. Yeah, that's from the original shafts. But yeah, <laughs> it's just—I don't know. It wasn't for me. It's a movie but, from from a bygone era for that exact era. But honestly, I need you to be completely honest, okay? What's that? How much did you like this movie just because of the car? Uh, listen, I'm not gonna go there because that's cheating. And, and then I, when it got shot, you were like, that motherfucker has to die. Just oh, like yeah, Shaft absolutely. Was. Yeah, I, I said it before you did. I was like, that motherfucker's dead. And then Shaft gets out. He's like, now he's got to die. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go kill everybody. And so that's easily why I was on it. And that's cheating. And I rescind that. <laughs> but yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. I think I, I might see this again. Uh, I think I'm going to take into all consideration everything you're saying. But I think it's oh, worth, and also, worth watch. there's that, that scene where they're in the elevator, which is just lying to your audience, which I never enjoy. Because if the plan was for them to loop footage of an empty one that turned into them so that they would think they were in the elevator when they weren't, they wouldn't have the conversation in the elevator being like, whoops, our Wi-Fi went out. They could see us now. Oh, It's just <laughs> like, no, you're lying to your audience. Fucking quit being a dickbag. Nope, got me. I was like, oh shit, they're going through the window, which I forgot for the trailer. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Check it out. I'm sure if you're a Shaft fan, you've already seen it. But, um, so then what do we got for next week? Do we have anything, uh, besides the weeklies and the best worst? Yes, there's else? three theatricals, my friend. I mean, obviously, the theatricals, but we don't have any other like shows or anything. Uh well it depends. Uh <laughs> what what was it? Uh Jessica Jones did start. And like I uh, watched the first episode of that. Oh yeah, was it good? It's okay. You wanna burn half a season? Oh fuck. I mean we can try maybe. Let's see. Um and then there's there's always stuff like trust me, like there's like this movie something I'm a mother or something on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I always find shit to watch. Don't worry. Okay, but we'll fill uh, we'll the slate tomorrow or for next week. But uh, what are we watching theatrically anyway? We got uh, Toy, Story, Toy Story Four. 
Toy Story 4, Child's Play, Ugh. and Anna. Uh, Anna's a scary one, isn't it? Or no, 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 that's like no. the Hannah, isn't it? Anna is the new Luke Besson action movie. Shit, yeah. I'm in. Let's party. Uh, and so then, yeah. you know, it's going to be a weird double feature of, like, Child's Play and Toy Story, though. Man, I, I'm not looking forward to Child's Play, because I don't think it can be scary. Uh, I think that's it just from me. me growing up. But I don't think it's going to be a good slasher, either. Could be. It's got Abu Plasma. It'd be good. It's true. I'll go in on that merit. So, watch all that stuff. We'll bring it back next week and we'll discuss all that for your enjoyment. Peace, pineapple, all that good stuff. Later.